Hey everybody, welcome to the end of January 2021. I'm in labor and delivery now, so it may sound a little different for this podcast because I'm not in my typical podcast recording area. But nonetheless, I wanted to get this done because in February of 2021, just in two days, ACOG is releasing a new committee opinion and I wanted to cover that before it actually comes out because it shed new information on medically indicated late preterm and early term deliveries. Now, of course, with my disclosure that it may be a little bit more echoey because I'm in labor and delivery right now, and you may hear some bells and some whistles, and they may actually call me in the middle of this podcast. But nonetheless, we're going to get this done. So in this session, we're going to cover the upcoming ACOG Committee Opinion Summary on Medically Indicated Late Preterm and Early Term Deliveries that was originally released just February 2019. So two years from its original release, it's already been updated. Here we go. The neonatal risks of late preterm and early term births are well established and the potential neonatal complications associated with elective delivery at less than 39 weeks are well described. But of course, there are always a number of maternal, fetal, or placental complications in which either a late preterm or early term is warranted. The timing of delivery in these cases must balance that maternal and newborn risk of late preterm and early term delivery with the risks associated with further continuation of pregnancy. Deferring delivery to the 39th week is, of course, not recommended if there is a medical or OB indication for earlier delivery. This is where the new updated committee opinion comes out. This is committee opinion number 818, again, on medically indicated late preterm and early term deliveries. Now, the majority of the information from last committee opinion on this, again, from 2019, is basically unchanged, but the college did add some clarification for certain conditions like fetal growth restriction and specifically intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy that I want to review in this podcast. Now, don't worry. Some of the foundational guidelines and recommendations have not changed. For example, gestational hypertension or preeclampsia without severe features still has the same recommendation of delivery at 37 weeks or at diagnosis if it's diagnosed later. And it's still recommended for severe preeclampsia or severe features to do late preterm delivery at 34 weeks or greater. And of course, if she has help, then delivery as soon as maternal stabilization is done is still recommended. Now, before we get to the updated guidelines regarding fetal growth restriction and intrahepatic cholestasis, I wanted to mention something about late preterm steroids because the college in this committee opinion still states that in the case of anticipated late preterm delivery, remember that's 34 to 36 weeks and six days, a single course of antenatal betamethasone is still recommended by the college in those who have not yet received a previous course of antenatal steroids. Now remember that in the past really about two years, there's been data that infants exposed to antenatal corticosteroids for fetal lung maturity in this late preterm interval, but then went on to deliver at term, may be at risk for some altered neurodevelopmental outcomes. But nonetheless, the college still states, if you know that they are going to deliver in that 34 up to 37 week time frame, then a single course of steroids is still indicated. But of course, the delivery should not be delayed just for the administration of steroids. (music) 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, on to the updated guidelines. First, regarding the fetal condition of growth restriction. Remember that fetal growth restriction is any estimated fetal weight based on ultrasound calculation less than the 10th percentile. But of course, renewed data has shown that actual morbidity doesn't seem to actually rise until it's less than the 5th percentile, specifically less than the 3rd percentile. So now fetal growth restriction is broken up into these different percentiles of fetal growth that will then translate into the best time to do delivery. So let's start here. Otherwise uncomplicated growth restriction with no other findings that has an estimated fetal weight between the 3rd and the 10th percentile, ACOG states that early term or full term delivery is still recommended, meaning 38 weeks to 39 weeks of gestation is a recommended goal for otherwise uncomplicated growth restriction with estimated fetal weight between the 3rd and the 10th percentile. Remember, 38 to 39 weeks or early term to full term. All right, so that's a big take home right there. So for the residents, for the medical students, for the fellows, if you get a diagnosis and somebody tells you, hey, I've got a gross restricted child, the first thing is, what's the estimated fetal weight? What percentile is it? And of course, it also defaults to what does the umbilical Doppler say? But we're going to get into that in just a minute. Now, what if there's growth restriction, otherwise uncomplicated, no other findings, but the estimated fetal weight is less than the third percentile? Well, these are the babies that do have an increase in fetal morbidity. So ACOG states, if they're less than the third percentile, then you can drop that down a little bit to 37 weeks or later. So early term starting at 37 weeks. So remember, third to 10th percentile is 38 weeks, but less than third percentile is at 37 weeks or above. Of course, all growth-restricted fetuses should have umbilical Dopplers because that is a way to determine or give a relative risk of subsequent morbidity or even mortality. So with abnormal umbilical artery Dopplers, if there is decreased end diastolic flow, but absent end diastolic flow is not there, in other words, there's still diastolic flow, it's just decrease, ACOG says 37 weeks of gestation is the best time to deliver, or of course, obviously later if it's diagnosed later. But if the abnormal umbilical artery Dopplers in the presence of growth restriction show absent end diastolic flow, then ACOG recommends delivery starting in the preterm to late preterm time frame being 33 weeks and above. So it's not 32, but 33 weeks and above for absent end diastolic flow. Now let's go even deeper. If there's growth restriction and there's now reversed end diastolic flow, well then ACOG says that delivery starting at 30 weeks of gestation is allowed or of course later on if it's diagnosed later. Do y'all get that? So abnormal umbilical arteries depends on the diastolic flow. If it's decreased but still present, 37 weeks is okay. If it's absent, then 33 weeks. And if it's reversed, which is the worst finding, then ACOG suggests 30 weeks for delivery. 
All right, let's end the podcast by a quick recap of the changes to intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy and timing of birth. Now, remember that this is based on total serum bile acids. Now, historically, we used a cutoff of around 40 to say that it was elevated. This was micromoles per liter. But new data has suggested that fetal morbidity, specifically fetal death, isn't actually increased until about 100 micromoles per liter. So based on that, ACOG states that in cases of intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy with total bile acid levels less than 100, then delivery can be considered at 36 weeks to 39 weeks. In other words, late preterm all the way up to full term, 36 to 39 weeks. But if intrahepatic cholestasis has a total serum bile acid greater than 100, then ACOG suggests late preterm delivery starting at 36 weeks. So I know that makes some people nervous because I'd like to be out at 34 weeks, but the college now is recommended. Remember, just guidelines, intrahepatic cholestasis with total bile acids less than 100, 36 weeks and above, intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy should be at 36 weeks or, of course, if diagnosis is found later. So there's more wiggle room if it's less than 100, 36 to 39 weeks, but at greater than 100, 36 weeks is when the ACOG says try to get out. Well, just two years after the original committee opinion on medically indicated late preterm and early term deliveries, there's an update. And that's the way it should be, right? As medicine evolves and data progresses, we should make adjustments. And we got to the end of the podcast without being called in labor and delivery. So that's a bonus. So I hope you all enjoy the rest of January 2021. And we'll see you all on another episode of Clinical Pearls.